1: Used to this winning lark here now, semi-final of the cup, out of the bottom three, in the small matter of the derby this weekend. Richard Mason from the Northern Echoes here. You started this podcast journey with us, Richard, about a year ago. We definitely need to sort of give you your own little introduction, sort of jingly style, or mm. was a bit too Chris Moore's breakfast show for you that?
2: I'd I'd, I'd happily have that. Mm-hmm. But
1: I'm trying to think of um a little sort of segue about your, your quiet voice because they were kind of ran out of things to say. It doesn't feel right in you, not mentioning your quiet voice. We used that uh, spiral tap reference last, yeah. last time around, which just died in a disaster. didn't it? they so turn the up. microphone up 11. He brought it back up again now. Which... I know. There was people outside booing us and everything. But whatever. the legendary Simon Crabtree is joining us on the phone as well. He's going to talk about the, the Fulham game and we're going to talk to Pete Donaldson from the Football Ramble and Absolute Radio because he's a Newcastle supporter, so he'll give us the Newcastle perspective when we talk about that game a little bit later on. Simon, before we start, Ignacio Scocco. Is there any problems, yeah, with, that, is there any well, problems um, with that pronoun, pronunciation? Because uh, you reprimanded us all um, about Gus Poyet.
3: I just wondering, the Fulham game I'm talking about.
1: Fulham, is that what I said? Yeah. Who did we play? We to Who did we Stoke? Stoke? Stoke <laughs> Fulham? Yeah, they, these they these seem mean. you know mid-table. Well, nobody picked us up on it in here. To be honest, no, I nah, that's all. I know. Too busy concentrating. I know. <laughs> too busy. Uh, too busy being unprofessional. Never mind. We're not starting a game. We're just rolling. With, we're just rolling with it now. Yeah. We'd far, far too fun good. We've all yeah, got homes I mean, to, go no. to go to. So anyway, I was trying to sort of stitch you up in a little bit, Cravers, and you've beat us to it anyway. So yeah, one um, yeah, yeah. nil already, exactly. already. Nice I
3: know.
1: <laughs> Is Ignacio Scott okay for you though?
3: It'll do for me. I haven't spoken to any uh, very posh southern journalists recently, so Skokko sounds fine to me.
1: Skokko, that's not what Gareth was calling him on Twitter the other day. Drop the S. All a bit rude, wasn't
4: it? That's what, it's, that's what that <laughs> South American commentator was calling him. Was that not just his fine. nickname for him? It's a bit of a lazy nickname, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, if you, drop <laughs> my, if you drop the B off my last name, I'd be Arga, and then it'd be like Julio imagine that and that would sound more exotic you wish right we've waited a long
1: time um to grind out a slightly undeserved win at home against somebody in the caliber of stoke city or fulham (laughs) yeah feels good though graph doesn't it can can this be as morale boosting as the win at fulham in in some way do you know what i mean because it's like a routine victory at home that we just when was the last time this happened
4: um, in, in the in the league <clears throat> I wouldn't, It wasn't exactly routine But we won at home I mean, Well that's
1: what I'm saying you know, you know These these Premier League sides All sort of beat each other Even when they don't play well We normally go away To places Give a good account of ourselves And then you know Get beat 1-0 or something Don't we So it was, I, it was a nice feeling Wasn't it
4: I think the important thing there Was that It's With the game coming up The weekend It, it takes the pressure off Slightly because When we've been drawn These sort of games And then you get to the next one The pressure's on to win it If you've drawn the one before <laughs> And that's something that, um, you know, it's it's nice to go into the derby with a little bit less pressure than you actually need. And if we got a point, I think that's why that's why it, it you know it was a, a good result for me because we're out of the bottom three. We're not chasing it anymore. We're fighting to stay out of it, and it just it feels a little bit more positive.
1: Do you think that's huge, Simon? The fact that we're out of the bottom three now, because we've seen we've been seeing for ages. Look, the way we're playing is good. There's three worse teams than us, but now their league table actually backs that up—that there's three teams below us now. Finally,
3: yeah. And I, and I think even more importantly as well, we're just three points away from 11th, which is absolutely staggering when you think of where we're. The last time you you got me on, you put me on the spot, and you said, "Will <laughs> we stay up?" And I said, "Yes, we definitely will." And you all laughed, and <laughs> yeah, we're all doomed. But it's not looking—it's not looking too bad now, is it? And I think mentally. We obviously we've we've got the lift in terms of the League Cup final, which is massive. We don't need any any lifting ahead of the game on on Saturday because that that sorts itself out anyway. But all the time for me with Gus Poyet, we're just seeing just little baby steps, if you like, but all in completely the right direction. No, he's not getting carried away. He's not running before he can walk. It's just. All these little things, just doing things in the right way, which we've we've missed for a long time, I think. And um, this is the latest one, just getting out that bottom three. And, you know, if they can just keep it going, just just keep making the minor improvements. We've seen, obviously, what is it, four, three, or four new lads who've come in this last mm. week or so. Um, so yeah, it's all about doing the right thing. But mentally, it doesn't it look on Sky Sports this morning they said how it must look brilliant for Sunderland fans to look mm. at it I thought well it doesn't look brilliant because we're still there's only three clubs below us in the Premier League but it, it certainly looks better
1: mm-hmm. It's been a big week Richard hasn't a cup, uh, cup final getting through at the cup final and getting out of the bottom three and in, in a way well we're going to get on to the Newcastle game later but in a way
2: is it is a good thing to be going into a game like this do you think? I, I, I don't want to be all cliched and say that you know form book goes out the window mm. but it kind of does Cliché 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 stem You know They're there for a reason yeah. There's normally some truth in them You know it's it's 11 men against 11 But usually between Newcastle and Sunday It's probably not It's probably not going to be 11 mm, against 11 yeah, yeah. But <laughs> if you look at last season You know when Sunderland went to Newcastle having, having to win You know definitely having to win To, to stand any chance of, of staying up And they had no momentum behind them Yet they managed to, to, to put three past them And, and win comfortably so I don't know if momentum is ever gonna really count in these games, but it can't it can't help but but be a good thing. Um, you know, it's not just been a good week, I think it's been a good a good month for for a Sunderland fan. You know, with the two the two legs against Manchester Manchester United and also kind of Building up a little bit of momentum, a bit of a head of steam in in the league as well. There's
1: was a bit of a rubbish question on my behalf because we're supposed to be talking about Newcastle later on. So that segue is awful. We're going to get back to this stock game now. <laughs> um, well, I want to talk. We were talking when the mic's off here about um, about the the Catamar role or what seemed to be the Liam Bridcut role. About who played there last night. Are we in agreement? that key played there, Gareth, because we thought Colback might have started the game there, and it looked like Key sort of ended up there. Um,
4: whoever it was, you know. <laughs> We we were missing cut them all there, mm. weren't we? In the, well, it was like a bit of steel and <clears throat> I think the main thing we missed in the middle of the park last night was just the there was a lack of a lack of um, I don't know what the word is maybe you know confidence on the ball to play the to play the ball when you know when it was on you know the times callback got it in there and you know you're not talking about he's trying to thread the ball in a small gap he's got a massive margin of error to play balls into areas and he kinda of turned it down. Larson was the same. Um so I think, you know, Catamol definitely gives you the steal in the middle of the park and we missed that. But the I think that the main failure in the midfield last night was not only that Key didn't play particularly well. And I think you're right he did sort of play the holding role for most of the game. Um and you know that you know that's an area the the pitch recently where we've been quite strong and sort of last night I think in the second half for a number of reasons it didn't really work do
1: you think it affected him Richard Key not playing there because he didn't seem to be his usual sort of joyful surf did he swanning around mm. the field sort of spreading the play effortlessly and you just wonder if there was something in that because he's he obviously done that role initially but he's he's thrived since he's been moved further up
4: hasn't he
2: he has done yeah I mean it's it like lo- on on Wednesday night It was it was more of a, a A different kind of game Because it was It was very narrow Both teams were set up In a very narrow formation Both had five man midfields Essentially Which affected the kind of There was a lot of pressure On the likes of Colbach, Larson And uh, And their uh, and, uh, key And I think I think they were kind of Bullied out of playing The natural game You know they weren't Allowed to play The passes they weren't Allowed to play You know The, 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 like, the through balls That they like to usually Do And the crossfield balls Weren't really given That much time to pick out A pass And a lot of it was born out of panic and you know, making safe passes backwards rather than rather than looking forward and, and building on it really. I think, Simon, um, one of the most frustrating things um, since
1: Poyett's been is that this central midfield situation hasn't really developed. It's something we call here the sort of revolving door scenario where one of these yeah. midfielders call back Larson. They all come in to play one good game in maybe three before being replaced by another one and that's something that hasn't really improved under point because it's still happening every week isn't it none of these you know take Keane all out of the equation none of these midfielders are just grabbing that grabbing that spot are they?
3: Yeah no I, I think you're absolutely right then but we've seen that a few times and he's given them the chance and they haven't done it and I think he's still trying to find out who his best players are but I, and I agree with you completely about Bridcut um, I don't know whether it was an off the off the cup remark or not but in terms of almost a replacement for Lee Catamold. so because they are very similar, they like a good challenge but they don't score goals mm-hmm. so I'm wondering whether is he going to play them both in front of the defence and sort of have them holding and then let more of the more attacking plays. but then you think well at the moment we've only got Adam Johnson who's scoring goals anyway so we, you've got to hope that Scott Cole can come in and, and grab goals, it's just I can see he's trying to develop a spine with the new signings as well and he's still trying to work out who his best players are and as you say it's almost like a, a revolving door in, in that midfield there but um, I just want to see more of an, an attacking threat and yeah, Bridcut likes a good challenge, he likes to hold the game but he doesn't get forward so I'm, just, I'm still scratching mm-hmm. my head and thinking who, who's going to provide that.
4: I think what I've heard about Bridcut though is the difference between him and Catamore is that he's a lot quicker across the ground and if he's quicker across the ground he's going to move the ball faster then I think that might encourage us to be a bit more sort of threatening sort of in the opposition half maybe I think sometimes we can be a bit laboured in the middle of the park I think it's okay you know, keeping the ball we should be doing that but sometimes it could probably do with moving it a little bit Uh, faster
1: Again, that's a problem that goes back to the Martin O'Neill days not moving the ball quickly enough it's basic football isn't it I've coached under nines and you know, you try and get them to move the ball as fast as you can. But I mean, Lee Catmull was speaking there. He, he he sort of moves the ball faster, you know, than the likes of lost and Callback at times. He isn't as good, probably, in possession of them. So what Simon's saying there would be in, it is going to be fascinating, isn't mm. it, to, to see how he works that around. Whether he just promotes or he pushes Lee
4: Catmull further up the pitch. I can't see that happening. I, do, do you know, is it, I it I mean, as simple <laughs> as one or one or the other? Is I think it'd, it, it'd is be is one it the, yeah. I think it'd be one or, or the other. But I just think it for me, I don't know, just. I just feel as though there's a twist in the in the transfer window after Brig cut. I just feel as though there's... Do
3: you think Catamore's going?
4: I don't know if Catamore's going, but I wouldn't be surprised to see another one come into the midfield. I hope
3: I, you're
1: right. People might people might know by the time they listen to this, if they're listening to it on Friday or the, something. I
4: mean, there's this Benega link. I don't know if you... Obviously, I, I'm Simon, I don't know if you're familiar with that or heard anything about that, but... Um, nothing
3: nothing concrete that I would want to put on the record to be misquoted in, in days to come. No, go on, arrive. go um, on. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I don't know. No, But uh, but uh, as far as Lee Catamore is concerned, the only reason why I'd said that is because um, I do know that Stoke are sniffing around him. I do know that Mark Hughes is is really interested in Lee Catamore. So I was half wondering whether, with Lee uh, Liam sorry, coming in, whether that... That might half open the door for Catamol. I don't know. That's that's as I say. That's just from people that I know at Stoke. That that's what I'm hearing. So, and that's my slight concern because I I think he's getting better and better. Catamol. I think he's he's controlling himself a lot more certainly than than he used to. And I, I'd be sad to see him go.
1: My assumption, Richard, in, in this, I mean, it, like like is saying there, it is natural to sort of think that under Poyet's system, that Lee Catamol may be a casualty of that long mm. term. But you would imagine or you would hope that, you know, he would he would keep him around while Bridcut's untested at this level, at least till the summer, wouldn't you, you would hope so. I mean Bridcut he hasn't had the best injury record this season either, which is no. something which is something that's a concern. I mean, he could come in, get injured straight away, he could come in and cope less than mm. Poyet
2: would hope for. Well, Bright Brighton's official line this month, um, which coincided with him putting a transfer request in, was that he's injured and he has had Various injuries this season. He's also not had the best of seasons because the new manager's been playing him in a, in an advanced role. At, you know, further further ahead in the midfield. And I think I think if if Bridget was to come, would would Catamull necessarily need to leave? I don't know. Could they both play in the team? Same
1: team? Well, I think that's a, the conundrum. None of us. But raised it's
4: It's not just about the team. It's about the squad as well. Yeah, and we've seen too many times that, you know, we've had a lot of games. And all these players can't play all of those games, so there's going to be times when they want to go to change it, and it's good to have options. I think the key, the key thing to remember here is that Bridcut is Poyet's
2: man. He's, you know, he's, he's blue-eyed boy. Yeah, isn't he? he's yeah. been the number one target, and he's he's brought the best out of Bridcut, and Bridcut's probably given him a lot of, of of decent results over the years. So it was always going to be the main priority for this window was to get him in as soon as possible, at the first opportunity, and if 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 that means that Catamore's is going to be a casualty of that, I don't think. Poyet would be too worried about well, it.
1: Because he's a bit of a saleable asset, Catamol, as well, isn't mm. he, though? Because he's not, you know, his contract isn't about to run out. You think you'll get a decent price for him. And yes, he's not one you would try and actively sell, but if there's interest there, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that you would sort of let him go, is it? I know. I can, c- I can see why they would make that decision.
4: On the subject of brig cutting, as well, with the derby at the weekend and the likelihood is he's going to be available, and a few people have said, oh, would you chuck him straight in? Now, not a chance do you me. not think But, but in, a, but in th- a derby game
1: but in a hold and roll where he's where tr- trying to dictate the play from you deep. what you've got to remember is the pressing in the Newcastle are going to do
4: but is that that Poet is he Poirier and, and Bridcut get the impression that they you know are you know almost like you know one you know they know <laughs> each they know each other so well and the system similar to the Brighton system could it would he not be confident to just drop in and start playing the way that Poyet knows he wants him to play, and the way you know he can play? Well, for I'd be Poet. I'd be
1: interested to get people's views on that because I, I'm sort of the opposite of that. I think because it's such an important role playing in front of the back four, it's a derby game. Newcastle are going to be pressing high up the field. If he makes a mistake early in his first ever Premier League game in a way in a derby, he might not he might not recover from that. I, I'll, I'll go around and ask people how they think. What do you <laughs> think, Simon? Where are you with that?
3: Well, that's a nice positive way of looking at it. Or alternative. <laughs> alternatively of course he could have a worldie and then it could set him up for the rest of his Sunderland career so could, could. Them, he, I, I it could that's why I'm interested to enough, find
1: out what people think
3: yeah I would like to think it was it was my version of events rather than your version of events <laughs> I'd, I'd, say, I'd say what you're saying but he's got that much confidence in him and as you say he's his blue eyed boy and he's a confident lad himself then you know why not get him in there? Because let's face it, they're they're not having the greatest of run. I know you want to talk about it uh, in a minute, but they're not having the greatest of, of run themselves. So put him in there, let him have a go, let him see what he can do, and then if he has a worldie then he's a he's a ready-made legend, isn't
2: he? Richard, you need back me up in your mind. No, I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with <laughs> side with Sir Crabtree here. Um, it's basic, basically, the the level he's been playing at when he's been at Brighton has been. A, a pretty high standard. It's not, you know, the the championship's not some kind of footballing outpost. You know, it, 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 you know, he's been when he was in the championship, the, the last couple of seasons they have had top half finishes and they've done pretty well. Um, you know, they've, they've put the likes of Newcastle out of the out of the cup and held his own against against other teams that have come to play there. So I don't I don't think it would be that much of a step up. It's coming a derby game. It's
1: different, though. It's a high intensity. Yeah. is all I'm getting.
2: At. He's, he's played international football as well so I think
3: he'll thrive on that rather mm. than shy away from it I think it's the sort of game that's set up for him and I think his chest would be puffed out he'd go out there and he'd it certainly I don't
1: think he'd be overawed by it. I honestly don't. This is I mean, this this is now starting to sound like I'm sort of uh, I'm coming across like I'm <laughs> saying there's no way he can play in this sort of game. <laughs> that was just a concern that I would have. We'll we'll wrap this little bit up now and I'll just conclude that none of you is know what <laughs> I'll conclude none of you is know what you're talking about. I'm right, you're wrong. My show. Sure? Right. Okay. I want to talk you're talking about the interest stoke in Lee catamon It's also been linked they've also been linked with um, Stephen Fletcher, of course. Now this links to the, the Stoke game because Josie Allderdour sort of plodded along, didn't he? Coped, I thought. Well, he, well. he was okay, but my sort of theory was that w- what was telling for me that was his positive contribution was almost highlighted once Fletcher came on, and he, well, he sort of stunk the players out a bit, didn't
4: he? He was, although well, he was mm. terrible when he came on, but.
1: And that highlighted how well Josie was doing, winning free yeah. kicks and taking some of the pressure off us when, well, when Stoke were attacking. I mean,
4: there was people, again, <clears throat> there was people around me who were still slating the lad. Like, somebody stood up and applauded Josie yelled off the field and there was a lad a few seats down having a go at the lad for standing <laughs> up and applauding off the I, pitch. I well, I'd,
1: I'd need to see where you're sitting the ground because people are fine around me, honestly. In the <laughs> North stand, honest, people are patient and they're fine. You should hear I it mean, in the
4: breast box. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. Um, what, do you want to elaborate on that? No, no, no. But um, but uh, yeah, Simon wasn't there last night, so it was less raucous. But um, they, they had don't point the finger at me. They had um, yeah, they, you know, I thought Josie. To be fair, you know, the the thing you're gonna get from Stoke is always the, the physical side of the game that you're gonna have to encounter, and that's probably somewhere where out the doors recently looked a bit weak, especially against Kidderminster. You'd expect the bully defenders, he didn't do it. And then to be fair to him against short cross, it is probably gonna be one of your you know, elbow in the face, you know, f- f- fists flying around you, like, you know, that sort of thing. Fists flying around well, you. <laughs> it's not the first, well, you've seen it you've seen it. Grappling. You've seen it. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of. Um but yeah, he um you know, he, he out muscled them on numerous occasions, got in front of them, you know, and he looked you'll have a bit of confidence. Now so it'll be interesting to hear it would, be, would have been good to hear if somebody had asked Paul yet, because he said he was going to work with him. When he says that, does he mean he's going to sit down with him personally and talk him through stuff? If he's going to try and coach him through some stuff? Because if he did some things with him last week to try and build him up, build his confidence back up again, make the game a bit simpler for him maybe. If he did that, it certainly seemed to have some sort of effect. And I think the credit's got to go to Josie because you know he's he's looked poor recently, lacked confidence, and I thought last night he, he put himself about and he probably... Was a bit unfortunate with a chance I came they were to keep and made a decent save. He so.
1: kind of needed that though, Richard, didn't he? Because I mean, G- I know Gareth and I had a phone call, uh, a conversation on the phone last week uh, after the kiddie Minister game where I was kind of saying, you know, I've been sticking up for George a lot, but I, I'd lost all my sympathy with him at the Kiddy Minister game because I kept saying he isn't. Uh, a big target man kinda of centre forward like people sometimes stereotype and pigeonhole him to be that, which he isn't. However when you're playing against Kidderminster with all due respect, you should be able to dominate those defenders and he didn't do that at all. So he kinda of needed that uplifting performance last night you failed it, don't you?
2: Yeah, I mean the the first thing you notice about him is is that he's is he's very well built. And I I I've, I've I've said it quite a few times, I think he's too well built for the Premier League. I think you need to, you know I think he's worked too much on weights and maybe in the summer he might have to do a little bit more on kind of agility, maybe a bit more speed across the ground, because it's not going to help having you know being looking like a, an American football player in in the Premier League. So it's not going to help lose some of his muscle. that yeah, yeah. it should go on my diet then. It's just too, it's, it's, <laughs> I think I think he's, he's carrying a bit too much timber. Timber for me, um, and that that, that automatically categorizes you as a as a kind of a, a tough tough tackling kind of bustling, hustling and bustling centre forward. Which if that's not his game, maybe maybe you know maybe you should work on the fitness side of his game and then and you know work on work on finishing his chances when he gets them as well.
3: Are you rooting for Josie still Simon? I'm desperate for him to do well. I'm honestly I am but uh, I mean he's made more appearances this season than anybody else. So and and he does he does do a lot of work but and this is with a heavy heart I say this we we need someone to weigh in with at least one or two every now and then. What is it one in 25? Mm. That he scored now, and then that goal as well in the, in the League Cup against um, we're gonna say Wimbledon, and against MK yeah. Dons. I'm, I'm desperate for him to do well. I am absolutely desperate. In the same way with Stephen Fletcher, we know well. We know with Stephen Fletcher, there's a goal scorer in there. We know there's a good player in there, and it's just sort of trying to wake him up again. I don't. Something changes when he's at the stadium of light as well, because most of his of his goals recently have been away from home. The last one he scored. At uh, at our place, so obviously it, it was against the Mags, wasn't it? But mm. um, since since then, he's he scored all these others away from home. So something's not quite clicking. So let's hope that this new Argentinian who, who's come in up front can can maybe try and reignite them and and just try and create a spark. Because yeah, I'm desperate for Josie, but I'm, even I am I'm running out of. Of, of things to to try and lift the lad because he needs to do something sooner rather than later for me because he, I, I just need more from him now.
4: It was a step in the right direction last night, though. To be fair to him, mm. you, you've got to start somewhere, and you know he was he he had a, he was involved in the key moments of the game, really. In in, in the sending off, um, you know, it was two fouls on Altidore that that created that situation. Um, so he was involved in the game a lot more, but he wasn't unbelievable or anything. But you know. You put in a, a performance you'd expect from a lone striker in in a in a team the way we set up. Maybe
3: he, he is on a thankless task. I, I I don't like it when there's just one up front. I must admit because there are times when you are really isolated up there, and you know sometimes you have got to hold it up. And to be fair, by and large, I still think he does that role well. Like he's like almost like a Kevin Davis to many respects. That was a job that he used to do at Bolton. No, he, he wasn't a prolific goal scorer by any stretch of the imagination, but he could hold it up well and he would pull defenders out of positions. It's all the dirty, horrible work that you wouldn't appreciate it because it's the goal scorer that gets the glory, isn't it? And and he can do that, but I've just got to the point now where, you know, brilliant if if he does all that and he does all the hard work, great. But I just for me, I just need something more now from him because one goal in twenty five for a striker isn't isn't
1: enough? It certainly isn't. Gareth, you talked about the the free kick that he got there when the Stoke player um, got sent, uh, in Zonzi, wasn't it? Got yep. sent off.
4: Um, um, <laughs> of <laughs> you wanted to slag off Mark Hughes, didn't you? Yes, I did. That's well done. <laughs> you. You've
1: re- you've rescued me there. Simon rescued yeah. us earlier on from the from the Fulham thing, and now uh, you've just rescued me there. Um, talked about a player. Enough. Was anything was anything more satisfying than say Mark Hughes? Squirm in that um, in that post match. <laughs> is that team? him crying in the background? <laughs> I don't, know I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything more satisfying than seeing him squirm? You know, karma, Calm karma's a bitch and all that. With the we- with the Wes Brown, red card. Gareth, you can answer me. if uh, you like. I thought you were on to side. No. Sorry, <laughs> I thought well, this I thought is a good podcast. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, this is a good podcast. Isn't it? <laughs> um, very pro,
4: very yeah, pro. Yeah, um, yeah um, I uh, yeah. I, I thought <laughs> last, to be honest, I just thought he was a he's a Bozorini. I a, a think Bozo. that's how I would describe him. Bringing that word back he into just, the yeah, vocabulary. Yeah, I am. He, he just—I don't understand his point. The point. Gen- of the, what, is the point of what is the point of Marcuse that and that that would be you enjoy well. that, though. Richard, Richard, yeah. though,
1: you've got to enjoy that don't you I because, because I of think the th- party the part th- the part he had to play. Th- <laughs> <laughs> the play, the had to play in the air uh, brown
2: yeah cinema. i mean he came out last night I, I didn't get to use the quotes in the story but he said that he domin that, that Stoke dominated the game with 11 men and even more so with 10 um
4: i'd i'd like i'd like to see the statistics that that back that up it would be an interesting point but, Do you know what the, the most bizarre comment I think I've ever heard from any manager was that, and it was last night when he said, and we've had the canio here so it's quite an achievement from Mark Hughes, he said um, what was it, the the team who deserved to win the game weren't allowed to win the game <laughs> What? What? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway At least, least he didn't on. get
2: sent off this time Hoy's caught in the air like he did against Newcastle yeah. That was funny That was funny but like, anyway, yeah, we've
4: slagged off Marky's enough now, mm-hmm. and Neither we're gonna more.
1: we're gonna come back. He's, and he's got curly hair as well. <laughs> That's better than having no hair like me. Right, we're gonna when we come back, <laughs> we are gonna talk about nuke, the Newcastle game. Right, Gareth, this derby feeling—it's sort of. It's a little bit weakened, isn't it? Um, it's sneaked up on us as Derby. Mm. Something you mentioned in in the Rock Report uh, piece. It's something I did too in the the Durham. Times piece as well that because the cup semi final, the cup games, it's kind of sneaked up on us a little bit. It's better that way, isn't it? If you remember the last derby, um everybody kind of the feeling of apathy, everybody was kind of writing it off, weren't they? And it's definitely more enjoyable this way, isn't it? There's, mm-hmm. there's less pre derby nerves. I think you know, the casual support of the armchair fans have got it right, haven't they? If, if that's <laughs> you know, if they don't have the emotional attachment like this
4: um, every game, I don't know. Um, it's we. It's a bit of a weird one, like you say, with the the cup games sort of has taking precedence, and there's been so many league games, cup games, and the games have been big because we've been trying to get out of the bottom three. But, you know, I think come like tomorrow night, might be sweating a bit.
1: Mm, certainly will be, but it's better than it's better than a week and a half build up to, isn't it? <laughs> sleepless <laughs> oh, nights okay. and stuff. One sleep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would ask Pete Donaldson now. He was on the line. Pete. did... Try and tell us what the hell is going on in Newcastle because to me, you know, I mean, I know we're only 11 miles away, but it's as if Newcastle start to do well in the league and all the Newcastle fans start getting along and everybody, you almost forget Joe Canera exists. You start enjoying life. You start, you know, there's talk amongst your fans about being stable and everything when when we're bragging about getting the League Cup final. You know, people are saying, well, you know, we've got stability. And then it's as if they say, okay, suddenly we we can't have that. Now let's go and sell our best player.
5: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would first of all sort of say, look, we've all been to Wembley and we've all lost <laughs> to Wembley, so we can all enjoy that in, in a few months' time. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It's just there's just no um, every time we seem to um, have a footballer that it's actually. Uh, Performs to a level that uh, I think you know the the fifty thousand uh, supporters um, deserve to a certain extent. You know, you get sold from you know w- from underneath us, and, and usually a couple of days before the transfer window closes. So it's, it's it's a bit of a strange one. You know, Mike actually just seems to want to run the club on fumes until he can get shot of it. Um, and it's just another another depressing chapter for um, the people who spend a lot of money um, following Newcastle United. I suppose. Did
1: you see that one coming? They could buy one. How good were you we with it?
5: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he was always going to go this. If he was going to go at all, he was always going to go in this um, in this window because simply he's, he's playing too well to stay at United. Um, I think if he'd waited, if he'd waited the summer, I think he had like a six million buyout now. You know, you can say you know it's good money and stuff like that, but it's just it's, it's just sad that we've got another footballer leaving the club that um, we can't service his um, level of uh, ambition. Basically, we're not investing where we need to. Um, we're just taking the money and running, and, and we're not um, putting money back uh, uh, onto the field.
1: Would you have it any other way though, being a Newcastle fan, sort of, you know, ambling from one disaster to the next? We we um, <laughs> we, we sort of try we, we try to and uh, we nearly knocked you off your perch with the whole De Canio nonsense, but uh, normal mm. service has resumed again now. Uh, I
5: mean but then you had that derby one as well, so I guess, you know, that, that big derby one so under under De Canio, so mm. I guess it's uh, it's kind of um, you know, two freeze, really. So yeah, it's I don't know, it's it's just I mean there's always going to be ridiculous characters behind the scenes at any football club. It's just it just so happens that Joe Kenny is um, a bit of a poster boy for you know mispronunciation and um, being a big fat idiot. This <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's kind of a it, it, it's a difficult situation for I think everybody um, connected with the United football club. And it's just it's just a, it's just depressing. You know, what I mean? it's not even funny anymore. It, it oh, I don't funny, know about that. You know, it
2: was it was, <laughs> <laughs>
5: it was funny back in the day. You know, you know, there's certain times where you sort of you get a certain period. Okay, and, and Newcastle United did look stable. You know, we had a fairly decent um, set-up. Um, we, we started the um, the season not particularly well, and certainly the, the derby was a low point at some of the stadium. But um, they started to put a couple of performances together. It all kind of started with the game after uh, the derby, I think, against Manchester City. And You know, we managed to sort of, um, you know, to take that game right down to the wire. And it was just a... Um, and we looked all right and it hasn't just been about your fine fine performances you know obviously he's a, he's a footballer that for you know I think like 3 or 4 million we paid from you know we were always going to get more money than we'd outled with that footballer but you know there's been performances in that in that side that you sort of think well you know Mike Williamson Van Anita, and stuff like that it, it, it's been quite a fun season because we've seen footballers you know played um above their kind of level, their usual level of performance and it's been an enjoyable season to watch I think. It hasn't been quite so up and down as it was last season where, you know, you're watching Papi Fuse just plow plough a a load up front and, and people were just like whacking hard balls up to him and, and, and i I think um I mean that season ruined Papi Fuse as a footballer. I think it's um, <laughs> it's it's quite enjoyable to watch um, a a lot of footballers this season. Um, actually, play for each other and kind of look like um, they've got
1: a little bit more direction. Mm. CCL one's interesting, isn't it, Gareth? We we touched upon the Newcastle game, obviously in the in the last section, kind of by mistake, uh, probably due to my bad questioning. But um, Richard was talking then about you're not sure how you like if mem- taking momentum into a derby game really works because of the kind of game it is. Is there a fear that it comes at a bad time for us? Because I thought against Stoke. On Wednesday, that the players looked a little bit leggy, looked a little bit tired, as if this League Cup run started to catch up on them a little bit. Now, because we've got the three points, the vital three points, almost in a way, I would kind of hope that maybe you know, maybe we could have an Arsenal away or something—a game you could almost write off. Mm, you can't, you can't, you know, well, like. you, you know what I mean. But you can't do that, obviously, against Newcastle. It's a big game for them to get straight back up. Or is it the fact that it's a derby? Should that take care of
4: itself? Well, you'd hope so. I mean,
5: I mean, <laughs> I mean what I what I say is like is you know you look at you look at um the performances in the derby at standing like um earlier in the season that was the most rudderless performance from both teams I think you know you <laughs> you know Barini's fantastic goal I think it was and um you know we managed to sort of get one at the back post luckily I think it was I think from both teams I don't I don't think either team seemed to fancy that derby and, and it could be another one like that then again if we, you know, the way Sunderland play, I always sort of think if you can get as many men behind the ball as possible, I think Sunderland have a bit of a problem, sort of breaking a bit breaking teams down, mm. as do Newcastle. To be fair, and I think Sunderland's only problem at the moment is they need someone who, gets, who takes the chances and, and you know it was a little bit more incisive in the in the final third. I think.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
5: Is there, is there any movement in the in
4: the transfer window, um, Sunderland side of things, or? Well, we brought in um, obviously we brought in Scott O from yeah, the yeah. Um Looks like Bridcut's coming in the day, so they might both be available. But I think it's yeah. interesting that you know. So when I've seen the the most interesting time I saw Newcastle this season was when they played Manchester City in the league, because mm. I thought when Pardew at the start of the game was going like, "Oh, we're going to come out and attack them." and i was just well, I, I think thought that I, was a disaster wait we, well cuz look, yeah. look at look at the we've been done 11-1 over two games because they did the same yeah. thing
1: and in, the way and the way we line up when we beat man city the way we yeah. set
4: up and that was yeah. the, it's like we've beaten man city four times in a row at home because and we've done we've played them the game the same way every time Defended the final third broke down their mm. attacks when they try and play those cute balls and then counter attack i'm just thinking do you think Newcastle are going to come out at us i mean cuz i think we'll probably just sit in and try and sort of start slowly, play out from the back like we normally yeah. do. It would suit something
1: better if Newcastle come at us, I think. We have we've, we've established that in recent weeks, haven't we? That we prefer to play teams who come out and have yeah. a little goal. I mean Pete's just touched on the point there, some of them struggle to break teams. Yeah, who put ten men behind the ball. Newcastle aren't gonna do that, Pete, surely though.
5: No, well, just simply because we don't have Like Remy Like Remy is the Fulcrum, effectively. It's kinda like and we've got we've got um John uh, coming in and stuff, but he's not gonna you, you know you are not gonna just stick him up front and go, Right, there's your target man, play, play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's gonna be a difficult to ask, I think. You know, it's I, I think it's gonna be a quite a cagey match personally. I think I think both teams they, they don't have a lot to lose, but I think um we Newcastle can't have another but they, but then again Newcastle can't really have another performance like they did last time. I thought they were abject. And you know, players like Goofman, players like um just went completely missing and uh, you know it, and it was it, it was down to like lads like uh, Paul Dumont and, and a couple of the others just, just sort of go what the hell's going on here you know like, why are we playing like absolute idiots <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I just, I just, I just I, to be honest I just want a good football match. I want people to just. I just want two teams that attack each other a little bit and, and actually look like they're interested in scoring a goal. And of course, I don't end up bringing any polytechnics into the stadium. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a strange one, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I've seen that uh, <laughs> retreat on our timeline quite yeah. often. Um, Richard Mason sure. is still here. Uh, we <laughs> haven't forgot about him. His voice is so quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been yeah, saying yeah, loads, yeah. just no one's heard yeah, yeah. it. shout <laughs> up with the back. Shout <laughs> up with the back. Um, Richard, this. As far as Newcastle's concerned, I mean, Remy's suspended. The talk talk of Goofran and CC being out. Is Dabushi still out as well? I um, I don't know. Debussy's I think might be back now, yeah.
5: Dabushi's uh, back. I think the only ones who've out are, um, are CC and. Um, Goofran, uh, the talk of uh, today.
2: Gouffran's out. I oh, think. is it?
5: Okay, it's Gouffran Okay. Yeah, I think. Um And uh, I think. Colicini, um, who are. Colicini's
1: out as well, yeah. It's interesting sort of patched-up Newcastle team in a way, so it could be a good time for Sun as far as Sun's concerned. Richard, couldn't it? In that, you know, if you look at it like that
2: yeah but it's, it's, it's it's another on, see thing see again. a form goes no, out the window it does literally goes out the
4: window it's a boot, not literally <laughs> f- lit- no
2: literally does the it's like a fashion. ceremonial <laughs> yeah, d- removal yeah. of before the game there's yeah. like a window brought
4: when it's not being used for the transfer window they bring it yeah. out put it in the middle of the pitch and chuck a book through it yeah but the only
2: problem is it's largely kind of cloud based now so you have to throw a server out the window yeah. which, uh, which uh, causes problems anyway. but no it, it it is And I keep going back to the whole form book goes out the window but it, it's a derby game and you can't say this, this, and this is going to affect the result because, by and large, it probably doesn't. And that, you know, you'll be we'll be talking about it in a weeks' time, saying, "Oh well, that didn't really happen, did it?" And I think I think the fact that Newcastle are missing so many players, y- you'd think that might give Sunderland a bit of extra confidence, but you'd, they don't want to get too complacent about it and kind of walk into the game thinking that they, they can they can easily walk out with with the three points in their in their uh, Louis Vuitton wash bags. It's sure like.
5: The only thing to really hang your hat on is the fact that um if Catamore plays, he'll probably kick someone and um, <laughs> then i think if this game was played a week before, he, he's not really fitted into the setup for uh, for um something I don't think. Like the last few weeks and stuff. He you know, he's, he's been sort of fed in water a little bit. He's coping Corbin rather um, than floating this position. Yeah. <laughs> so I just sort of think if this was played a week before, I think Catamore will be happy with giving his kick in and then getting uh, you know, a transfer stock or whatever he's gonna go this week. But because the transfer window will already be closed. Um, you know, maybe he'll, uh, he'll have to stay until
1: uh, the summer, I suppose. So all these players out, then you're going to pin your hopes on Shawlami Obi to do his thing.
5: <laughs> well, last me this is this stupid talisman we've, got. we've just got. Oh yeah, he always scores. He doesn't always score. Come on, we've got a few dabbles right? It's only because he's played in so many because he's been so desperate every time. <laughs> every slip <laughs> and touch and he's cricket. But yeah, I don't
1: know. Will you remember him for anything else apart from those sudden goals in years uh, to come?
5: Well, he's got bigger. Well, we remember from his from his uh, from his fine um, post match press conferences, where his sort of a uh, ridiculously deep voice. Um, well, um, he, uh, <laughs> what about what about
4: like that episode of Cribs? Cribs, yeah. But he did that oh, was yeah, well, good.
5: Yeah. oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. When he obviously um, he thought he'd been burgled, and, um, <laughs> uh, and it was just that he left his house really messy, That he'd forgotten that his house was messy. And he called the police, which is, I think is quite a. Quite a unique thing, but you know, I I, I tell you what, the, the, um, him just bringing um, Sami Amiobi into, into the club, I think is uh, he played really well, I think, against um, Norwich midweek. So I think it might be. Um, I, I've never seen Sammy Amiobi play a particularly bad match, and he seems to be getting a nod over like players like Stubby Marvel, who weirdly enough had our best um, assist rating last season, which isn't saying much because I think it was like six or something, but. Um, but Sammy seems to get the nod over the top of Sylvia Marvel. Um Marveaux, uh, so I wouldn't mind seeing him, seeing him uh, you know, charge up and down the um, the left wing. I think he's he's got a little bit more in his tank than Gutierrez because um, he's a little bit uh, he's a little bit younger, a little bit. Um, he's like a big court hanger basically.
1: <laughs> um, Craig Gordon used to look like he had a court hanger down his down uh, on his top when he was <laughs> he sitting, played. In the, sitting in the north stand when he was in goal. Yeah, he used to look like he had a court hanger there. Gareth talking about Sunderland. Um, Poyet in the in the last derby, he kind of uh, he played the derby match, didn't he? He, he picked his side that would win yeah. the battle, didn't he? He Played four four two, he played callback, cut in the middle, try to keep the ball away from Kabay and Tiore in the middle. Is sort of his philosophy too embedded in the club now to
4: sort of revert back to that? You, you would be surprised, wouldn't you? There's no, I, I think he would. You know, it was that early pragmatism from Poyet. Yeah, exactly. Now I think now he's really. Focused on what we're doing. I mean, we saw against Stoke, there was a lot of frustration in the crowd. Maybe that we persisted with Poitet's pattern of play, and but away from home, that that pattern of play, and because teams come and do it to us sometimes when, when we haven't been able to match them in that department, we saw a lot of time under O'Neill where teams have come and just kept the ball. It's frustrating, like it's really frustrating for a home support. And if if Sunderland can go maybe first ten fifteen minutes of the derby just settle it down that slow possession get the full backs forward knock balls in behind try and win some corners some free kicks just settle it down early doors I think you know there'll be a lot of frustration at St. James part. it's almost
2: like a team talk this isn't it yeah you know what's going to happen though we'll say all this and it's going to be a cultured game and everyone's going to play a very disciplined thing. then you know two minutes in check Teotie and Lee going looking have like a fist fight in the centre circle yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. That, be, that might be a good. Actually, be. better than the derby.
2: Yeah, this time people don't hold back and they, you know just yeah, let it happen, and yeah. then they'll probably hug afterwards, and everything will be fine with the world. Yeah. Richard,
1: do you think that unbeaten, un, unbeaten sort of records have an effect mentally? I mean, Sunderland are what probably haven't lost in the last five derby games. Do you think? Do you think stuff like that makes a difference or not? Um, it's clearly, it's clearly bothering Pardew, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but it would certainly give. It, it, you know, it's 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 wrong for Sunderland to get kind of complacent, and get a bit cocky about it, but it it will kind of that that'll play on, on Pardew's mind and it'll play on the on on the ex- established players at Newcastle i have had, you know, had like five or six or more derbies under the belt. You're looking at Amiobi, looking at Stephen Taylor. It is gonna play on their mind. And each time it comes about it's gonna become more important to get a result. And and the more they don't get a result,
4: the the angrier they're gonna get. What what are your thoughts on Pardew, Pete?
3: Um,
5: I just think uh, it, it doesn't really matter what whether he's a, a talented manager or, or not a talented manager. He's had a couple of inspired substitutions this season. I thought, you know, maybe he's starting to understand his squad a little bit more. But you know, he's just blindsided by his um, by the transfer policy every single summer. He can't hold. He can't. It, it's almost as if like Newcastle don't want to um, qualify guaranteed um, if they get anywhere near uh, you know fifth place. They'll put the, the brakes on completely and just play like absolute mugs uh, near the end of the season, just because they they don't want to be in a you know the, the second tier of European competition. Um, you know, for, for better or worse, Swansea are feeling the effect of that this season. I think it's just it, he's just been um, blindsided by the people who, who, were, who were above him and stuff, and it's just it, it's sad. it's really really quite sad to see um, a, a manager who can't who can't do the full job effectively he's, he's constantly having to sort of deal with um pressures above and and um you know they're never gonna sign anybody that's the finished article, so he's constantly working on these players and polishing these you know slightly rough diamonds for um only for them to be taken away in you know two season's time so you can't really build anything at your castle I think it's a uh, I think it would be folly for him to think that this was um, a long-term job from him. You know, the last two seasons, the way that Mike Ashley sort of uh, went on. He's got six know, years left, are not he? And, and also, <laughs> and also yeah, he's, about, he's a smiley buddy sort as well. So he's, he's, he's a good PR man uh, if, you're, if you're a um, Newcastle fan. But um, you know, he's probably the, one of the most one of the, one of the more hated um, football managers in the league.
1: Mm, I think he's got many maras has he? No. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> imagine, a ma- imagine a
4: managerial team team of Sam Allardyce and and Alan Pardew In, In the same, same dugout.
5: Like, I, I, I quite like the idea of being an unlikable Newcastle side because you know Newcastle's kind of um, Kind of um, subsequent chairmans sort of have constantly kind of taken advantage of that kind of Newcastle Bobby Robson feel good blarney that um, would pedal every single t- every single season. You know, you know this is for the fans, this for the fans. I quite like the idea of us being an unlikable team because, you know, as long as we have some decent results going along with it, I hate being like, you know, everybody else's um, second favourite team and stuff like that. It's just, oh crap, it really is just nonsense.
1: Mm. Nothing wrong with a bit of Siege mentality every now and again. Gareth, yeah, b- exactly. before, before we move on, Gareth, I just want to say, did did you see? notice the Twitter comment on somebody? Not, um, commented before they listened to the podcast pre-Man U and said that we sort of said it would be nice if an uh, ex-Man United player... Scored last in the last minute, yeah. and we—it we, it was Phil Bardi. So that's two weeks in a row. We've been vindicated like that because before Fulham we were saying Adam Johnson would play, he would he would have an important role? We'd go, Fulham would come at us, we'd take advantage, okay. we'd win that game. We were right there, we were right about the X manuel player going. So it would be a good time now to sort of predict Tim cruel throwing the ball into his own net or something <laughs> like that. If we're gonna make a 3
2: <laughs> if we're gonna make a three
1: weeks in a row. This is, yeah. this is only good if you
2: actually put money on it, though. <laughs> <Yeah.
4: you stop>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. If it comes, if, you know, if it comes into fruition on the pitch, that's that's the best reward.
4: Don't be so. Don't do a negative one like. Krull's going to chuck one in, do one like That's Scott That's not Gould. negative. How it is, it is that well, negative? I know, do one like Scott Goal's going to come on and smash one okay, in well from the top Well, I'll, you, I'll let you do like Let's it. Can do be on, it can be on you. Imagine if Scott Goal <laughs> came on and smashed one into the top corner from 30 yards in the last minute. <laughs> of, <laughs> of Newcastle's net,
2: not, not suddenly. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> not like a Kevin Ball, cl- like clarify that The amount of <laughs>
4: own goals that have been flying in this season. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, but final thoughts, maybe, Pete, on the. You know the outcome of the game, maybe how do you think it's going to go, and and a specific prediction, score prediction.
5: Okay, I I think I think it is going to be quite cagey. You know, I'd say we can all sort of sit around and talk, and then you know you go out, you, you watch the match, and it's just like you know nobody's bloody interested. That's the most appalling thing about the whole thing. Uh, certainly, the, before the last derby, I was like, oh, I fancy to I thought I thought we played okay in the run-up to um, that particular match, and that didn't, you know... And we had the, the one point. interested, so it could be anything. Uh, I would probably go for a... I'm going to go for a one all draw.
4: Ooh. Gareth? I was going to go for a one all as well, for the good of the equine community. The equine <laughs> community?
2: <laughs> Richard? There's no horses this time, it's going to be just robots. <laughs> ro- ro- Cyborgs. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, n- Two.
4: <laughs> we got there in the end. Don't make that noise ever yeah, again. Sorry.
1: So we're gonna we're gonna all score draws all round. Then I think one one as well. I just think that I don't think that either set of players would think a draw would be the worst result in the world. And if it starts getting in the last twenty minutes, because I, I thought the game at the stadium, both teams looked like they would settled for a point. Mm. Kind of at that point, and then obviously Barini scores a beauty, and you can't sort of compensate for that, can you? And it could be. It could I think. Be I think. I th- yeah. <laughs> I think it'll take something like that to win the game, and I think I might quite, quite end up as a as a score drop. <laughs> we'll start the last segment of this. Particular bit about the sad news that Alfred and die. It's the confirmation that he's joined Real Betis on loan in the season with a view for a permanent transfer. Gareth, just on a, on a scale of one to ten, how heartbroken are you? Eleven.
4: <laughs> it's a tough day have, for have everyone. You got, have
1: you got an outgoing message
4: for Alf? Just, you know, we'll we'll never forget you. Never forget what you did. You know that block against against Everton in the wall on that indirect free kick indirect free kick <laughs> um, that's what it should be called and will always be known as, he was in the team that beat Newcastle 3-0 and I really think he was the mastermind behind it, it wasn't Di Canio that, that it cross, was Dye. That, that cross for ball. Fletcher no, no, that crossfield ball that went out for a throw in, he <laughs> took out a fan no, that cross <laughs> for Fletcher on his debut against Wigan with his left foot you know, that shot he dragged wide in his debut against yeah, West Yeah, I was going to mention that. This shot he dragged wide against Reading, he wasn't that good, was he? And the confused
1: no. look on his face after every that when the camera zoomed in. <laughs> just his face. He, he always looked so confused. Yeah, <laughs> just 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 you just... didn't know what was happening around him.
4: The great man, Alfred, will never forget you. On
1: a slightly less... <laughs> on a slightly low key... Um, D. K. has left it as well I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, put the music back I'll yeah. mix the music back, yeah. back in. Casey and the Sunshine Band yeah, yeah no. exactly walking on sunshine is going to come in there I don't think no. that doesn't
4: that remember doesn't when that isn't Neely gave the ball away in the middle of the box <laughs> against Crystal Palace and O'Shea did the same thing later and gave away a penalty mm. remember against Cardiff when he was awful yeah, enough of that okay move on to a different player who would care about another player who might care about going might be Jack Rini, he's somebody who has been linked away um with Palmer et al. A number of other Italian his clubs. his
1: agent keeps coming out and saying he's not going anywhere. Yeah.
4: Or... It's interesting though because the
1: time scale left I'd be surprised if that one but if, if anything <coughs> happened there.
4: Deadline Day just you know Deadline Day is all one of those things where I think Sunderland are in the market for more players. I know they've got Brigg Um the Benegath link is quite seems to be quite a strong one even though it's died down. Um and you just kind of think through it, and like there was a few stories this week about, or oh, would it be Benega? Will it be, you know, would it be um, Benega or Bridcull You know, Benega and Bridcull are very different players. It, surely it wouldn't be either or. Um,
1: I was surprised when I read that. Yeah, because, and you just yeah. kind of think
4: if the if a firm interest in the type of player that Benega is, and there's a firm interest in Ince if he came to meet the club. I mean, that's an interesting one as well because Ince would have been one where. They'd either have to convert Barini or Key to a permanent transfer in January, or buy in outright in January. So if you're looking to spend at least six million pounds on a player, which is what it would be, at least six million pounds, because that's how much Key Keys will probably end up coming for if he does five six million. That that's not. In- that you don't just go and spend willingly five six million mm. quid.
1: Alonzo as well, but interesting to see how much it would cost if you want to make that it, one. I wouldn't.
4: Probably. I doubt it would be. I'll bet you that would be a couple of million. But but Alonzo would be irrelevant because it's British loans. That's what I'm talking no, about. No, but I'm. So I'm
1: meaning the money spent. That's all. Yeah. You know, if you cause like you say, Yeah. Because when the you when you're going into the, into the future and strengthening your team, like you say if 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 some of those some of that is just making loan deals permanent, that can dip into your budget quite a lot, can't yeah. it?
4: But you just feel that if they're looking at these players and they're in the market for them and are there going to be players going out of the club to make funds available to get these players in or is the money available to to the squad? And I just think maybe Jack is one of these players where if there is genuine interest in Italy and someone's willing to give us back the money we've paid for him and he's probably one of the highest earners, mm-hmm. you're basically just recycling that transfer. You get the six, six and a half million quid back, you spend it straight away again and you give somebody the wages that Jacarini's on because Jack Jacarini... He just can't really see where he fits in the team. There's no place for him. He's like he's he's probably going to become a worse situation than Sesanyon. I would say in the sense that we haven't got nowhere for him. Um, mm. It's just not worked. Um, and if we can bring a better qual, a, a player of equal quality, I'm not sure he hasn't got good quality, Jaggerini, because he does. But somebody of equal quality who would fit in the system. Then I think there's deals to be done.
1: Jaggerini th- just a victim of the system, Richard.
2: I think I think so. Yeah. um it, it, i i never i never ever saw i, I think we were talking about this during uh during the live pod um whenever that was what september august august september august it um, the game it was yeah and it was i, I didn't know that, whether there was a place from then and whether you know is 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 his position out on the wing is it in the center would, would he ever get the chance to do it probably not um he is probably at the moment sunderland's luxury player He's a luxury mm. player that they're, they're carrying him really, and,
4: and he, he he will be one of the biggest he's, earners. He's not probably he's probably on form, not doing enough to justify the target of being luxury because he's not mm. producing the the goods. Yeah, he'll be up he'll be up there with the biggest earners,
2: and I know that, I know that financial fair play is a concern, um, in, certainly in terms of January recruitment. Um, I think that probably explains the die exit Diakite going out there's so they need to free up some more money just in order to, to bring the players that they get they're bringing in. Um, so if they can. If you know, if someone wants to come in for Jackarini, um, you know, by the time I saying this it's probably probably <laughs> not hopping. a moot point. <laughs> yeah. But if if they can do that, that would free up a, a sizeable mm. chunk of, of finance there. Well I mean
1: it gets my vote because every you know everybody knows how I feel about getting a, a creative certain midfield and I mean if you can imagine, for example, we had Bridcut sitting key with another sort of creative midfielder that would change the whole dynamics of mm. the was,
4: was side wouldn't it well, key bridcut and save as a Benega. let's so just, just use Benega as mm-hmm. an example yep. if it was key bridcut and Benega, you've got balance three different kinds of players who are going to be capable of playing in that three and offer different things um,
1: with Johnson coming in the form Johnson as well Barini come, as yeah. well playing well Barini's
4: been excellent since that Chelsea Cup game so mm. um,
1: Scott Gaw is going to come in and score yeah. Lords, <laughs> there's always been a feeling that, that
4: Sunderland have been kind of
2: lumbered with Giacarini. Um, you know the previous manager has, uh, kind of went on the record to say that he didn't actually want Giacarini he, he said get me an English midfielder mm. uh, and he be- and Jermaine almost Jermaine became Jernats available or, didn't or Tom Huddleskin yeah. and then I think I think it was during the, the, the Sigli the uh, Juventus left back that during yeah. those negotiations Juventus came back and said well we've got Giacarini do you want him and like, like, kind of someone who's going out for a pint of milk and come back with, the, you know, the even pack, pack of dairy that, milk that or fascio yeah. Even, yeah. even even better than better that. Than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think that's what's <laughs> happening. And, and the last manager was lumbered with Jaccarini, which is it's not a bad position to be in, but it, it, he has been kind of the elephant in the room somewhat. Mm. Very, very small elephant. A very, very small kind yeah. of dainty dumb, elephant,
4: dumb ball, if you will. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about um, players who could be going out for, again. You know, depending on when people are listening to this. Um, Sky Sports announced Thursday um, that Phil Bardsley was subject to an offer of Fulham, can anybody first of all see I'll have to get that music see, out again yeah. now I any, well, first, <laughs> well, this, this is amazing mate, and this, the this is the the Phil Bardsley section of the show which we have every week, the Phil Bardsley weekly um, it's it's something Richard isn't it that we're in a position where fans aren't sort of wanting any, any potential move to happen um, considering their feelings towards them three months ago mm. but I'd be firstly I'd be surprised if Poet wanted to sell him secondly I'd be surprised if he wanted to leave yeah, I mean, to go to a
4: relegation there's there's no, I, I don't think there's any way that Bardsley would want to leave at all the, the consideration
2: is that Bardsley is out of contract therefore it wouldn't be a large fee you're looking yeah. at it. Between one and two million, which is no more than what they paid for him. But to then get they'd have to go Manchester. and sign
1: another player next season, wouldn't they? And how much would that cost? If if Paul not, if he's happy with him and the way he's fitting mm. into his system.
2: I mean, on 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 the displays that, that I've seen of Bardsley since since his kind of rebirth and his re, re resetting and kind of re, resurgence back into the squad, he's he's, he's looked a really exciting, capable right attacking right back. That that wasn't what he was signed for. He was signed mm. to be you know a, a safe pair of hands, and he was always was that. But he seems to have turned into this kind of almost South American style all attack and full back. think the, the two chances he had on Wednesday against Stoke like two <laughs> amazingly acrobatic, you know, the overhead kick that, that admittedly went high into the south stand and then there was a volley which, which almost crept in. Um and he's he's become quite an asset and He's gone from
1: being an ass. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. As he sort of swapped players bodies with um, Salus, and Weighgarf because we were raving about Saluska after, after his first, you know, sort of three or four games. He looked like he got up and down. He was tough in the tackle, quite composed on the ball. I mean, last night, you know, Wednesday dying, night, right? yeah, mm. again, just wasteful, isn't he? Mm. So wasteful on the ball and like Richard some, says, yeah. you wouldn't have expected Phil Bardsley to turn into this sort of cultured right. fullback.
4: Something aware there, isn't it? A Libero, I think that's the football hipster term, I think that for these uh, kinds of fullback. Right. So it, like you know, you got like your what do you call it? I can't remember the forward ones that people use. But yeah, a Libero apparently is a fullback who like drifts about. So he's one of them. Um but yeah, um it's a like a bizarre one. Um I don't know what's happened there. It's like now he takes about five touches to get her under. Like, so Confidence again, do you think? So maybe. I mean, Saluska's so a player that I look at and say, well, like last night there was a, well, Wednesday night, there was a lot of frustration about the way we're playing at times. And he's the kind of player that will buckle under that frustration where when the, the ball's going to be worked across a number of times and you'll see players in a move receiving the ball two, three, four, five times. Working it back again, waiting for the opening because that's what they do. So is one of those players where maybe once he's had it three times, and then he gets it the fourth time, he's probably liable to think I best put the ball in here because we can't go back out again. So and mo- the pressure's on, so he'll just stick it in a box and then he give the ball away.
2: It's almost like that John Smith advert, isn't it? When they're all dancing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter Kay just lumps it into a yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, Peter Kay the reference. Yeah. Number Although two that, or something. That, that bit was off air, was it? Oh, I can't remember what's on air <laughs> and off air anymore. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, but on the on the subject, of the you know the, the transfer window in general, I just I do feel as though that there could be deal. I think we'll be in the market for somebody else. I think Cut, Scott, or oh, I'm sure. Well, Bridcut probably by the time people listen to this, he'll have signed. Mm. And you've got that.
1: Maybe a wild card. From it's an interesting situation.
4: Oh. If they if they were torn, I told I just, just back the that on. If they were torn the in, and they're talking to, the, the opportunity too good to turn down things, an interesting one to talk about because they did that with Jackerini and, and got the fingers burned. Are they going to be wasting twelve million pounds on players that they're not interested in?
1: Was the interest with Tom Ince genuine, Richard? Do you think?
4: Was it? I don't know whether it was just kind of keeping
2: keep the keeping the hand. Do
1: you in think really he's either, just ringing yeah. clubs and turning up and saying, "Can I?" Well, come and speak? I don't Can think I he will be.
4: Paul Ince will be ringing. clubs. I mean, I seen. I just seen the yeah, report. I see the headline yesterday yeah.
1: that said um, Hull. Um, and Stoke pull out for Tom Ince. Now I didn't read the article oh, yeah. because it kind of, I didn't want it to shatter my illusion that Paul Inns was sitting there and he said to Steve, Bruce and Mark Hughes respectively, what's your sort of tactical plan? How you're gonna to mm. implement Tom to the side and then just get like a blank face in, mm. in response to that from both of those managers. I didn't want to shatter that illusion so I didn't read the report. So <laughs> Crystal think, Palace I think, isn't it, by the sounds of it?
2: I think haven't haven't watched having watched teams in the championship for quite quite a few seasons. He's he's become one of those players that people outside people who don't watch the championship kind of go. Oh, he's he's the boy. It's often like a J- Jason Kumas a few seasons. Go, yeah. oh, he's great. When he, a match when of he, when the day player. Him, yeah, yeah. Like he, like, like to and you watch him mm. and you think actually. And I've seen him a couple of times against against Middlesbrough, and he's he's not looked the part. He's he's been he's been well shackled by by perfectly like, kind of competent. Seb Larson's defenders. the ultimate match of the day.
1: Mm. Yeah, be, yeah, the yeah, amount yeah, of people yeah. who come come to me like, sort of fans of other clubs and say. Larson's a good player, isn't he? Because on match of the day you'll see him assist a goal or you'll see him do one good pass or whatever, and then mm. it makes him look like a good player. And that's Had probably why Catamall gets bad press as well, mm. because he's somebody you can't appreciate on the telly when you're not there live I think
4: Mal Brank was one of those players where he did so so many good things but in a in highlights package he just, it just it was insignificant. Yeah. You come away and think like you watch Mal Brank. In the game and think it was man of the match and then you'd see on the highlights and he'd just be anonymous on the highlights. But anyway, it sort of drifted there. But yeah, I well, mean um,
2: the point that you were making about about the being will there be an extra player? There's there's been a name mentioned that that hasn't been mentioned tonight so far, which is Will Buckley, who is also yeah. at Brighton. Um, he's a Newcastle fan, but. Stick oh, with us on this one. threw that curveball. I didn't <laughs> know well, that. He <laughs> scored against Newcastle in the in the cup tie a couple of seasons ago, and um, yeah, he did. And he, well, unless he
1: unless he took his top up and revealed a Sunderland crest tattooed on
2: his chest, <laughs> that just isn't good enough. <laughs> so, but, so that th- that that's an element, and he's he's quite a, a decent player. He's a quite a rain, the, range. Went quiet on that one a player. bit, didn't
1: he? Because he started the the transfer window bidding for them both, didn't he? And then mm. the, the Buckley yeah. one kind of died. The link died down a little bit. Yeah, it's
4: uh, it's, this wide, it's like the positions are two positions. I you think, but I think they might look to strengthen if they can get somebody and ship some people out. Whether it's Fletcher, Jackarini, will go out to generate the funds because now Wickham's back and out of the door, and you've got to Scott Gould and you've got Barini, um, who play as forwards. Um, if they lost Fletcher, and they lost Catlamore, and they lost Jackarini and brought in twenty million quid, mm. you've got twenty million quid to spend now on two players. A wide forward, I would say, would be in that four-two-three-one that they play. A wide forward and uh, and and an attacking central midfielder.
2: I think I think if there's going to be any more movement on transfer deadline day, it's going to be domestic movement. It's not it's not going to be, Europe pan-European or even pan-international. I think it's going to be domestic. It's going to be the last-minute ones. It's going to yeah. be a player that has magically become available at the last minute.
1: Hopefully people aren't sitting and listening, shouting at us now, saying, no, we, let, we let him go, yeah, oh, you, you yeah. fools, you don't know what you're we'll talking Cap- about. Jack- oh, Jack- you look a bit yeah. silly now, We we'll the yeah. whole squad. Yeah. We we'll let <laughs> Catamol, Jackarini and Fletcher
4: leave and didn't replace him. That's what will probably happen. And then everyone will be going, I can't believe we did that. Meltdown central. It will be, yeah. Mm,
1: okay, well, again, a derby matching, well, what comes we say? Unbeaten in five or something, isn't
4: it? Could Unbeaten. Be. Well, I think we lost two or 13 and one of those was the second leg of the... Cup, no, no which against, like n- against oh, Newcastle yeah. generally. Sorry, yeah. I'm getting carried away because yeah. we never get beaten <laughs> anymore. Um, I I'll probably jinx it now because that's how mm. the world works. Um, no, uh, I, but yeah, we've got a good chance, but we, we needed to do the plug thing for the live podcast because we haven't done it.
1: God, I was just waiting for you to take center stage,
4: yeah. So, um, we're doing another live podcast where, um, <laughs> So uh, it's at the same place as last time, the ISIS um, in on St Road in Sunderland. Um, it's on the 27th um, of February, which is Thursday night, um, which will be a. It's the Thursday before the cup final, so it's going to be like a bit of a you know cup final pre-cup final celebrationy type event. Special. And it's also, I guess, technically pretty much our first birthday, so there might be cake. <sighs> Who knows? We might go to Tesco. And get one of those cakes, print it up with a badge on the cake, that'd be quite good, oh, right? Alfie and die cake. and die cake and the presented badge by Alfred and Die Cake. That would be pretty good actually. Maybe we'll I'll have a word up, with yeah. yeah. If he's out of the team it better it's him back over. But um the guests um are confirmed as um, Gordon Armstrong. I seems appropriate, uh, considering we beat be Chelsea in the quarter final of this cup competition and Key nearly replicated Armstrong's header from the reverse angle didn't he in that, in that quarter final in the, in the uh, extra time not remember that god you're going for some tedious links um, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what we do when we think about these things um, and Chris Young from the Sunline Echo and Martin McFadden from the Love Supreme are going to be on the panel and we'll just it'll be the same as last time so it was you want to get along and listen to people yeah, talk yeah.
1: about football, and then in the second half will let you write yeah. your questions down during <laughs> the first half, and we'll get but, the uh, guests to answer them in the it's, second
4: half. It's three pounds a ticket, um, and you can get that at, at the moment. They're available online at wegottickets.com dot com. You go on there, search for the search for it, and you'll find it easy enough. And if you follow us on Twitter, we'll be promoted on there. It'll be on you know all the usual podcast spiel when we release it, um, and yeah, the money um, will be going to the Foundation of Light this time. And did that's that. That's that. I've that's that dragged that. that out quite a long time. That's fine.
1: It? It's all the information's there. We upgraded the guests this, this for this one, didn't we? Upgraded. upgraded. Yeah.
4: Hmm. I hope. <laughs> the other, I hope whoa. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh, you meant Richard? Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought you were having a dig at Martin. And, uh, no, no, man. no, yeah.
1: no, no. I was just because present company, you know. just like a little bit of a gag. Thing. I've
4: been, I've been benched. Uh, I feel like
1: Jacarini. Yeah. yeah. But you, you got a round of Consumably applause with one larger. of your the answers there uh, last you time. You did do it a very funny, didn't you? Impressive. First he'd, he'd, time. Yeah, he'd been it had been waiting for it. Like he'd, he wrote the joke down ages before in <laughs> preparation
2: for it. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna boo everyone else when I go. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're he not does. allowed in. <laughs> it's, like, it's
4: like Bob Monkhouse. He's got like a book of jokes for like after this things. It's like, oh, do, do all that one out. It's yeah. actually true. I was only joking about <laughs>
1: the upgraded guests in case Graham Madison Martin Martin's right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen, this—that was just a joke no, because Richards got better things to do. I know, but you know, you get gra- you get grasses on Twitter. Two fans, two night, isn't it? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. gra- it is. I likes
4: curry <laughs> Thursday night, right? It is. Yeah, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> curry Club.
1: On that note, we have all got homes to go to. So, I guess you know you can guess what the tone of the show is going to be like next week, dictated by the result at St James's Park. Let's hope it all goes to plan, people. See you next week. Over and out.